Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode is entitled, Who Are You? So let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time and we did have a chat. We had a bit of a development meeting, but nothing came of it. There was no controversy or disagreement or anything. It was very polite. It was very polite. Uh, you know what? It's maybe the heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all stuck inside. Uh, just to carry on, uh, for those of you that uh, haven't hung out with us before, we've both been managers for a long time. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee and kind of move on there. Uh, we are going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations better. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And I think we will have a good discussion today. Yeah, we will. These are all such great conversations. And as we've talked about, uh, all of these conversations get uh, amplified in this current COVID remote virtual space. So this one in particular, I think, is uh, very amplified. So I would agree 100%, Greg. So there's always a story behind the, the topics that we're, we're picking now. And uh, this topic came up, uh, Greg and I were on the way to a golf game with a group of his friends. And just to let you know, I've now been told I am the second alternate to the group that he goes golfing with if there's an opening. So I feel like I, you know, I'm slowly working my way into, uh, this is one of Greg's uh, friendship groups. So uh, we ended up having an ad hoc production meeting on the way to golfing. And I'm not sure who went off on what, but it was probably me. And uh, we uh, were started talking about something that had happened to me. And then we ended up with three really good titles for future uh, podcast uh, episodes. So um, just to let you know, neither of us really played that great. As a matter of fact, it's one of these hills that, uh, one of these courses, it's all hills. And by about the third hole, I was just dying for my ball to stop on a flat piece so that I could hit it properly. So I did not have a very good game. I don't know about you, Greg. Did you have a very good game? I, I had some good holes and some not good holes. And someone actually just told me that, oh, you were playing in the cardiac uh, course uh, is what they, is what apparently it's called. So, hey, you know, it's 20 bucks and it's a good little course. And uh, really for us, it's less about the quality of game and it's more about the quality of relationship and the, uh, connection with nature and being able to just hang out and getting some exercise. I would agree with that 100% as well. And, and you know, it is a, a lot of walking up and down hills and, and things like that. And we don't take carts. Uh, I'm carrying mine in a carry bag and I think you're pulling, but uh, it is a really good workout. You know, oh, you got your 10,000 steps. Yeah, but they were all up and down. So it's a really good 10,000 steps. Well, I was a little concerned about you at around the seventh because you were carrying your bag and, and it was, it was hot too. It was getting hot. And, uh, and uh, I, I, yeah, you walk every day, like 10 K. So when I see your face getting red and you, you starting to drift off and look off into the distance, I was getting a little worried, but we did make it through. We did. And like, where's the cart person? Like, come on. Yeah. That's what we needed. <laughs> Exactly. And I would like to mention that, you know, we're not going to talk about I know here, but the power of the car. 
I have had more than one conversation recently that says, um, where are those places where you just have amazing conversations? And uh, in my other podcast, Safe Brave Stories, I had a conversation with someone and we were talking about the fact that driving in our cars are often the best places because you're, you're kind of locked in a space and you turn off the radio and you have such amazing conversations. There's some magic that happens, especially if the drive is probably at least over 20 minutes. Uh, it allows you that time. And this was a great example of that. You know, for about 10 minutes, we were sipping our coffee, getting our brains working. It was an early morning game. But then after the 10 minutes, it was like things started to flow. And it was pretty cool. It was cool. Uh, I remember when the, the boys uh, were growing up and, uh, you know, talk to other parents, they go, oh, you go and pick up your kids and you drive them to places. That, yeah, yeah. It's a great, it's a great opportunity to hang out and have a conversation. It's actually your sister, Karen, who once described car drives as being a very intimate form of communication because you're very close to each other. You don't actually look at each other, but you're in close proximity. And if you're there for, like you say, 20, 30 minutes, chances are you're going to have a really good discussion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, my favorite discussions now are with my daughter. She lives in Toronto and I often go and pick her up and we talk, we have deep conversations. She's a, uh, she's just a powerful voice in justice and boy, oh boy, she teaches me every day. As does my son, actually. We, we had a long drive to pick up a car a couple of weeks ago and we had this fantastic deep conversation, uh, ability to connect and, uh, have differences of opinions and come up with cool ideas just like we did on this one. So that's maybe another one. The car drive is another episode. It doesn't have to do with work, but you know, those trips that you can take with others. You know, I always say that if you've got two people at work that don't uh, connect and are having problems dealing with them, put them on a four hour flight together. They're going to find something in common. Well, same thing, you put them in the car. They're going to find something in common that builds the bridge. So uh, I think that is uh, maybe we'll write that down uh, for a future episode, I think. Unconventional conversation places. Ah, yes. Hang on, I'm gonna make a noise. Yes. It's me writing on my desk. I like it's, that. I'm gonna apologize right away. There must be a thundercloud right over our house, my house. I don't know, you li don't live that far from me, Greg, but it's, it's going nuts out there. I hear it too, I hear it here too, so. And this is how it works, folks, with Alistair and I. You know, we've always said that this is, remember, our podcast is like where it began with around the diner, the diner table and having a chat. And this is kind of how it flows. So uh, we will get back on track now to the topic. Over to you, Alistair, to get us back on track. Yeah. Well, you know, when you have an idea, you got to you gotta push through it, which is probably another podcast, right? When somebody comes up with an idea, sometimes you got to run with it, right? And yeah. maybe it works out and maybe it doesn't, but it's certainly worth the conversation. That's right. So uh, let's set up this topic. Now I got to look down to see what we're actually talking about because we went off on a bit of a tangent there. So who are you? You get invited or told by your manager or boss to attend a meeting or training session and you experience some or all of the following. Your boss or the invite itself doesn't really tell you what the event is about. Your boss isn't even there. There are a number of people facilitating the meeting and they don't really introduce themselves, say what they do or why they are even there. You never really understand the whole purpose of the thing. At the end, you still don't understand who the people are or what their role is in the organization and how they relate to you. 
So, Greg, uh, we're back. Like the excitement in Oakville, up there's a huge bang, and I lost my power. Did you lose your power? I did not. I was just watching that, and you just froze. You said, "Hey, I don't know if people can hear all this stuff that's going on here," and then all of a sudden, boop! It happened, man. We were like ground zero. All the power in the neighborhood went off, but it came on right away, and then my computer started doing weird things. I'm hoping that that first ten minutes is actually captured. I think it is, so I think we're good. Otherwise, this will be one of the shortest podcast uh, episodes that we've ever had. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's just uh, jump back into it. So uh, we've laid out the scenario. So, Greg, how do you think this affects our relationships and the work environment? Well, you know, like almost every podcast that we have, it first of all it creates ineffective and inefficient situations. Uh, because what a waste of time. Uh, it also creates embarrassment because if I'm at a meeting and I don't even know what's going on and I don't feel connected and I don't feel part of something, you know, we've talked in a lot of our conversations about one of the most important things organizations need to do is help people connect to both the purpose and help people believe that they have an opportunity to impact. And if you show up and no one engages with you, no one introduces you, you can just spin there. And what a waste of time. And, and it happens often. And, and we talked about the uh, amplification with regards to COVID. This is even worse because, you know, in a meeting, if you're physically in a meeting, you can quietly slide by and uh, beside someone and whisper, hey, uh, who's that? You know, you might even have a little bit more courage to do that because you've got someone e each side of you. But when you're in your Zoom room, there's no one to whisper to. Yeah, it's true. And I, I kind of go back to uh, some training I got in the police on interviewing. And I think the the topic of an interviewing course has come up a couple times in our podcast. But uh, one of the instructors posed the question, when does the interview start? And everybody goes, well, when you hit the tape, you know, when you turn on the camera, whatever you're using. He goes, no, it's the first time you reach out to the person you want to talk to, that first phone call, that first email. Uh, when you first approach them, maybe in person, say, hey, listen, Greg, we need to talk to you about something. That's when it starts. It's the same with relationships, right? If you walk into a room and you're going to be doing some training or there's a meeting about something, that first introduction to that person or not really sets the tone for your relationship, right? And you only have one opportunity to make a first impression. So let's make a good one and give our relationship an, a nice uh, starting off point, right? And, you know, hi, Greg, my name's Alistair. I'm uh, the co-host of Talking Not Ranting, and I'm glad you're on board. And we're going to talk uh, about the podcast today and uh, your role in it. And uh, we want to share our vision and we want to know what you think about it. And we want your thoughts and feelings about it. And how does that sound? Sounds good. And, Sounds and, good, right? and you have uh, you have ability to understand at least where I fit and what we're trying to accomplish. And uh, me and you have known each other almost 20 years, but that that's a great start to a relationship if you're walking into a room to talk to somebody that you've never met before. Mm -hmm. Great. So let's uh, get down to some common sense things to help in this situation. And as a manager, what are some of those things that you can do or set up to help out in this type of situation? And the first one is make sure you're clear with people about the purpose of a meeting or training session. Yeah, you know, and this is really just uh, grounding everything up front. You know, clarity of, of why you're here and what you're trying to accomplish. And even if you know all the players in the in the room 
there is something about regrounding in what are we doing here? What are we trying to accomplish? Uh, what's the purpose? It's so important because, you know, even if you've been going for a long time to this meeting, you may have a different impression around what exactly this specific one is for. So having that clarity and Christmas and alignment up front makes for great effectiveness. And the second part is let the invitees know if you won't be attending or, uh, or playing a role, but state who should they report to and who's going to be looking after it. Uh, I think it's just, it's just good manners, right? As a boss say, hey, listen, you guys are going to that training. I won't be there, but I understand that Greg's going to be looking after the training and he's really well set up to, to look after this thing. So I hope you guys have a good time. Yeah, and I, I agree. And you know what? Even better is to that boss sending a note to those folks to say, hey, uh, Alistair is going to be uh, going in my place. So play a proactive role in informing others as to who is going to be there and why you're not going to be there. Simple things. And the facilitators, even if it's you, should introduce themselves, their role in the organization and their role in this event. Yeah, again, simple. Just as don't assume uh, because you know what that does. Yeah, and I, I've been in a lot of really good meetings and presentations and training where the person has been uh, maybe a contractor and they've been, hey, listen, you know, my name's Alistair Field. I work for, you know, Talking Not Ranting. Uh, we do a podcast and we're here today to talk about some management commentary about some issues and stuff like that. And, and uh, this is my history. This is what I've done. And I'm here and I'm just looking forward to having a great conversation with you guys. And let's go. Yeah, and you know, facilitators can really set the tone for a meeting as well. Because you know what, it's not only introducing who I am or what our role is, but your energy, your mindset. Uh, you know what it's like when you go in. First of all, if you go into a meeting and no one says anything, that sets a tone. Uh, but you also know if you've got someone that says, hey, I'm Greg. I'm so excited about being here. I really appreciate everybody's time because I know it's a busy time. Here are the things that, here's, this is my role. Here are the things we're going to be talking about going forward. You know, that even the energy level can help set up what you want to achieve in that meeting. So facilitators have such a key role of, again, helping people connect. Because the sooner that people can connect to the idea or others around, the more likely they're going to contribute. The more likely they're going to contribute, the better result you'll have. I really like that word connection when it comes to one of these types of things. You know, you have to connect either with the person, the issue, uh, whatever your know, problem, whatever it is. And it just makes for a better conversation. If you go in there already identifying with, with something in this, in this event. Yeah. And you know what, this is really, a, we've talked a lot about this in a couple other podcasts, the importance of being present. And this is another one of those as a facilitator being present. And, you know, depending on how many people you got on the zoom room, it's sometimes hard to see them all, but always use the gallery. So you can see all the faces, ask people to put on their cameras so you can get a sense of who they are. But then if you, if you, um, if you don't recognize someone, um, ask folks that have never been here just to introduce themselves. Give them a little bit of space. Um, uh, you, you create this welcoming environment in order for uh, folks to be connected. And if that boss or manager has informed you that Alistair is, is sitting in my place, then what a great opportunity for you to say, hey, uh, Greg couldn't make the meeting today, but uh, we're really pleased that Alistair is able to attend on behalf of the team. Alistair, welcome to the uh, meeting. Oh, you know, all of a sudden Alistair um, feels uh, connected, welcome, and also feels that he has the opportunity to contribute because he's been acknowledged. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, specific to like Zoom type of meetings and things like that, one of the things I've heard somebody say and ask the participants is, hey, listen, um, your names are all up on the screen. If what you like to be called is different, then please, if you could change that up right now, just so that you know, when we talk, we know exactly you know who you are and how you want to be addressed and stuff like that. And I actually in Zoom meetings, even if I'm in charge, I go back and forth if there's you know multiple screens with lots of people. I go and see who's there and that, who isn't there, and and uh, you know see a name. And uh, I just think it's a really good thing to be aware, to be in the moment, and try to include as many people as possible. Yeah, yeah. No, I love this. I was smiling because I can. You know, I don't know how many meetings I've seen when. Um, uh, uh, Marge has showed up and it's clearly not Marge um, or, or, you know, or, or uh, something else, or, you know, someone and they're using their, their kid's computer and, you know, it's their kid's name that shows up. It's often, often funny, but I love that idea of just, again, personalizing, finding ways to, again, to connect and by giving people the opportunity to put uh, sometimes our formal name pops up, but that's not what people call us. So uh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm going to tell a, a quick story. I was I was on a, a, a call. I don't think it was Zoom. I think it was another platform, but um, it was the platform that we use for my granddaughter when she's over to do virtual schools. Now, she now comes accompanied by a, a laptop, but for a while she was using mine. And uh, I happened to jump in on a call of an organization that I used to work in because somebody was leaving and a very high ranking person in that organization was also on this video call and, and leaned forward and looked at me and went, Hi, Hannah, knowing that that was my granddaughter. And it was hilarious, but it broke the ice, right? And that just shows that connection. You know, you know, even something as silly as that really creates a nice moment, right? And everybody laughs and has a little chuckle, right? And, mm. and, and, and so, you know, you can have some fun with this a little bit. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's what you make of it, right? I agree, 100%. So um, make sure that everybody has an agenda, preferably ahead of time, unless of course there's a reason for holding it back. You know, maybe you're gonna be doing some exercises and stuff and you, you don't want everybody to know so they, they don't show up. But uh, I think a lot of time, you know, giving people some disclosure and what's gonna be talked about. And, and uh, some people need to warm up to the idea and you need to give them some time to read over the material and, and get themselves, you know, into the moment, if you know what I mean. I agree. And, you know, we've had also other conversations around the power of differences and different people learn in different ways. But sending out something ahead of time is always good for everybody because even I, like I'm a kind of a in the moment person. So, you know, send me agenda. Sometimes I look at it. Sometimes I don't. But if you have a couple questions that I also need to think about, good to have that in there so I can become prepared for it. But other people, you know, my wife Josette is a fact finder. Uh, and so she needs to review the data before she can go in. So it's so important for her to have uh, that information ahead of time. And she's going to then be so much more prepared to come forward. So I love that idea of setting it out and any other pre-work or questions that ahead of time, um, even for those of us like myself who are kind of in the moment and may not need it, it's still helpful. Yeah, I'm probably somewhere in the middle of that. I like to know what it's about and uh, I will read deeply the things that I think I need to know about. And I certainly like to be aware of anything else that's going to be discussed. Uh, I don't like any surprises. Uh, and I like to be uh, prepared. And I, I don't know about you, Greg, but I, I also have this conversation in my head about, okay, at the end of this meeting or whatever it is, what do I think a good meeting is going to result in? What does it look like for me? And how, what does it look like for the other people here? I like to give some thought to meetings. I don't, I don't 
particularly like I will go to an ad hoc meeting. I mean, we have them in, in the car on the way to golf all the time. And, and that's good too, especially in the creative space, but there's, I'd, I'd like to know what's going to be talked about. And if there's something I don't know, or I think I really need to get into, then I will certainly put the time in. Right. Yeah. Now, now can you hear the crunching here? The uh, lightning is happening here as well now. Well, it's going pretty good here. I don't know how this is going to work out in editing. I don't know. Well, we'll probably still use it because it's a good conversation, but sounds good. Uh, and the final point on the manager side, follow up with the attendees, especially if they are your direct reports about the meeting or the training, close the circle on it. You know, how was that? Was that good? Uh, you know, did we learn anything? And I actually, you know, one of the last organizations I worked at, uh, if somebody went to a training thing uh, of some sort or some seminar or whatever it was, and we couldn't send a lot of people, and maybe we only sent one or two people, those people, part of their job was go there, learn, and then when you come back, uh, we need you to uh, either do a quick talk in a meeting or put out a, a very uh, quick briefing note about what was learned and maybe links to resources and stuff like that so everybody can benefit from it. And, you know, at some point, somebody has to make the decision. Was this a good investment of our time? Should we be sending other people if we have the opportunity? That circle, you know, it shows that you appreciate people going there. You're making use of what they've learned and the maybe the people that they've made contact with. And I, I think when you send somebody someplace, it just helps when you follow up with them and there's all sorts of benefits to doing it. You know, just being appreciative alone is, is, is a closer for me, but there's so many other things that you can benefit from for having this discussion. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a powerful idea, right? You think about this whole thing, uh, first of all, uh, allowing or suggesting someone to go to a meeting in your place. I particularly like that, but even if it's not in your place and you're just setting it up as a manager, what a beautiful opportunity to have a quick meeting with the individual even before they go into it and say, hey, here's the context. Here's the kind of things that we're interested. Here's how I think it would be valuable for you in the meeting. And here are some of the thoughts you might want to think about prior to going into that meeting. Uh, having that conversation, what does that, what does that take? Five minutes to have that to set it up. But it tells your employees that I care about you, I'm investing in you, and I'm with you to uh, support you in the process. It's about their development, their growth and going forward. And then, as you said, closing the loop and saying, hey, so what did you discover? Uh, what did you, uh, what, what are the things that you learned from it? What can you pass on to it? What do we need to do? Engaging them in the conversation is that full circle. And then to your point, even having them share with the rest of the team um, an update from it. Again, it just builds that confidence it builds learning, it builds connection, all things that are important in these days of building relationship and um, uh, stickiness of uh, people and organizations, so. And that creates a buzz, right? People, mm -hmm. you know, uh, look forward to, uh, you know, kind of going back and forth about stuff like this. And when you, when you approach a, a subordinate and, you know, you've sent them either on behalf of you or they're, they're just going on their own and, you, you know, when they come back and you take an interest in them in them and what they've discussed and maybe people that they've met and then, you know, encourage them to share it with the rest of the group in whatever form that is, it, it's just better for the relationship, right? It goes to show that you have an interest in them, in what the group's learning, uh, because we can't send everybody to everything, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And nobody's going anywhere right now. So it's all on Zoom and webinars and all these types of things. But I, I think it just makes a better um, atmosphere. Yeah, I agree 100%, 100%. So as employees, there are a couple things we can do to assist as well. And the first one um, 
and you have I have already talked about this a little bit, read over any of the attachments or background material to a meeting or to a training session. Have some idea what you're going there to talk about or, or learn or listen to. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I would take that even a little bit further is that if they're, um, if you've received something, maybe from your boss that builds upon the conversation that we've just had, um, ask them for their input, you know, so, so what would be most important in this meeting? Uh, what are some of the things that you think are going to come up that we really need to contribute to, you know, what, whatever, whatever are those questions, like build them into the conversation, uh, and, um, and engage with them, pick their, their brains of the ideas of how bring, uh, how you're going to contribute, uh, share some thoughts you're finding out. There's all kinds of opportunities again, to build relationship from your perspective. Cool. Cool. And uh, one, one other point to that too, if other people have been to that event or that training before, or the, that type of meeting uh, before, it's great to reach out to people who've gone before and say, Hey, listen, uh, I'm going to that meeting in New York city that we seem to go to every year. Um, is there anything I should know? Any background, any other people I should make sure that I drop in and say hi to, uh, uh, you know, what's the good parts, the bad parts, like what, what, what is this all about? That's also a really informative thing to do because you learn all sorts of stuff, but you're also bridging, you know, for you know, relationships, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, go for dim sum, you know, or, or whatever, even something like that. And uh, I think that just adds to the experience as well. I, I agree hundred percent. Reach out if there isn't any attachments or background material, or if you don't even know what the topic is. Uh, I've received uh, lots of times invites to go to a meeting. It's like, what the world is this about? Like, uh, and you and I have talked about meetings and how I, I like, I actually plan for every meeting. Like, what do I want out of this meeting? Do I even want to go? If I do go, and I mostly go, uh, what does that look like? Uh, what do I think a good meeting would look like for everybody involved? And, and so I think it's important if you have no idea, maybe you do reach out and maybe there's been some miscommunication or something and, and there's nothing worse than going into a meeting and not knowing anything about what's going to happen and who's there and why you're going. Yeah, you know what, and, and again, it not only builds a relationship for you, it also will help you in the meeting itself. So if Alistair, you send me the note and there's nothing there, and I reach out to you and say, hey, Alistair, it's Greg Smith, where I've been invited to your meeting, um, but I'm unclear exactly what the meeting is about. Um, can you give me a sense of your hopes for the meeting and how I, what I need to do to best contribute to it? Um, something like that, it's pretty simple. And then uh, most people, because most people just forget to send stuff out. Most people are just so busy that they uh, make assumptions that get in their way. Uh, and most people will appreciate, uh, again, it's tone is important, how you present and that type of thing. But again, if you enter in with a positive heart and an engaging and curious spirit, then, then most people are going to be excited about meeting you virtually when you're in the meeting because they're going to say, hey, hey, Greg, I'm uh, glad that you can make it, um, you know, further to our quick exchange. What, what are your thoughts on this? So it again, it, it deepens those connections. And if it's a, a newer employee, uh, maybe somebody that's uh, kind of rising up uh, through the hierarchy of the um, of the company or organization, if all of a sudden they're now having to create and host and do things for uh, meetings or training seminars or whatever it is, 
you know, this is a developmental thing too. And maybe the first couple of times they just don't do it right. They don't introduce themselves, you know, you know, camera angles are bad and, you know, material isn't attached or whatever. You know, I think by, you know, preempting it and, and saying, listen, you got, you invited me to this meeting. Um, what's this about? Uh, is there stuff that I should read? Uh, are you expecting me to say anything? And I, I think, you know, we all know, we've probably all experienced invitations from people where this is kind of a new thing for them, that they're on a bit of a learning curve. And uh, I think by reaching out to people and saying, hey, um, listen, uh, my name is Alistair. Uh, you invited me to a meeting. I'm not 100% sure what it's about or is there some stuff I should read? I think, you know, it's our job, uh, especially if we're managers or senior, you know, more experienced people in the organization that we should bring people along because if you've never done it before, um, it can be a little daunting. You know, you're sending, you know, invites to presidents and vice presidents and, you know, heads of teams and stuff like that. And, you know, part of the thing is uh, you know, bringing people along and getting them used to and familiar to doing these types of things and what's expected and how they, because that planning stage and, and giving people the right stuff is a huge first step in that meeting being uh, successful. I agree. And participate in a healthy way. And if any of you have ever gone into a, a meeting that ends up being flat, you know exactly what I mean. It is so important for people to show up and be willing to uh, speak up and 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 uh, offer up suggestions and and questions and stuff like that. Because I've been in a couple of meetings where nobody wants to talk because it was a terrible topic, but we still have to get business taken care of. So it's really important as a participant if you go there that you know you 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 arrive wanting to help out. Yeah, lead where you are. And if you see an opportunity to lead or facilitate an event, put your hand up. It's a great learning experience. Uh, I have been in a zillion presentations and stuff like that, but I've also had the opportunity to uh, co-chair a bunch of international conferences. And man, the first time was brutal, but you learn really quickly. You get to know a lot of people. You figure out how things work. Uh, you know, how hotels work, how, you know, catering works, how uh, you do a lot of customer service with the people that are coming. You learn a lot of skills and those skills are all transferable into other things that you do every day. Yeah. And I would also add into this one, not only uh, put up your hand and lead, but um, uh, leverage others. You know, you mentioned earlier, ask questions. If someone's done it the past couple of years, reach out to them and say, hey, I've been given this opportunity. I volunteered to play a role in this. I know you've done it the last few years and uh, I wanted to just tap into your knowledge and expertise. What are the watch outs? What are the things I need to think about and that type of thing and tapping into those things. And then, uh, you know, also uh, supporting others who have put their hands up. If you see someone that's put their hands up, um, be there for them, support them as well. Because some of the some of the drop balls or the things that really that sometimes go wrong in these meetings is really, and you mentioned it, it's the lack of preparation or the lack of uh, of, of giving the the training or the the insights on what they need to do and not do. So. Uh, uh, volunteer yes and also engage with tap into the collective knowledge of those that have gone before you yeah i agree i agree and if you have a chance to give some feedback to a meeting or training session do so in a healthy way um i've been involved in a bunch of different uh kind of outreach activities and stuff like that and i can tell you 100 percent that when people fill out a survey somebody reads them and it's so helpful in in maybe uh you know 
changing your your approach or the the topics or the you know some of the information that you provide people do read those things they read them uh they don't they're not looking for all the smart ass stuff they're looking for the really insightful stuff where somebody says hey listen you guys should talk about this or yeah i like that topic but unless you talk about this other one with it it it, it doesn't really make as much sense People do like I, I've been at a whole bunch of outreach things and we put stuff on chairs or give people a, a, a link to go and say something about it or send them a follow up email like a survey monkey type of thing. And, you, you know, it is so important that people participate in those things because it really knowing as somebody that's put on a bunch of stuff, it is so important. Like we certainly read all those uh, feedback forms. Yeah, and you know, I, I, uh, I've shared this before, I think, but one of my partners has a common phrase, WWWEBI, what went well, even better if. And what I love about those statements, asking those two questions, what went well? Well, most people will find something. Even better if is a, a lovely way of creating uh, a, and capturing opportunities, gaps, and those types of things in a nice way even better. It's a, it's a feed forward kind of uh, idea where people are giving you feedback in order to move forward. And uh, those are powerful ways to do that. And a, a simple two question set to really uh, get uh, and give opportunities to improve something. I loved it when I was putting on a, a series of conferences, uh, probably every year that we put one on, uh, there'd be three or four people that would come up and they just say something really helpful like you know listen i really like that i really like the, the social time when we got to connect it with people and and then they would suggest uh, a possible topic or a speaker uh in the coming uh year and and they said listen this kind of connects with whatever and i found it was so helpful because you know every year okay what are we going to be talking about what's the type of person we need are we are we up to date with what's going on out there and what, whatever business it is we are. And when people offer up uh, topics and, and suggestions for people to do things, some of the best speakers I ever booked were, they were suggested by other people. They said, listen, you're talking about so-and-so, right? Yeah. Well, there's a person that you should definitely invite. And this person, I heard them speak at this university lecture thing and they got a book out on this and, you know, they would come and talk to a group of people like you. Like, oh, okay. So some of my best, um, some of the best speakers I've ever had were as a result of suggestions for people afterwards coming up saying, Hey, listen, I really like this. By the way, I see, you know, you guys are kind of touching on this subject There's a really good person you guys need to tap into. And what better word of mouth than someone who's actually seen someone or heard someone versus kind of pulling them out of the air. Yeah, exactly. Um, wrap up. Yeah. You know what? I, I think in these ones, it's just again, being thoughtful. So this is all about uh, how do we maximize our time and our learning experiences for those that work for us. And meetings, um, events are, are really uh, priceless opportunities for people to learn and grow. And when you don't set it up, when you don't support them, and it, it, it can be a waste of time and energy and actually can create disengagement versus engagement. So, you know, similar to a lot of our conversations, it's about being thoughtful up front. Um, it's setting it up in the best way possible, either for the person who's attending or the person who is actually the facilitator. We each play a role in creating a space where people feel connected and feel that they have voice to contribute to whatever the topic is you're trying to go through. 
And a manager plays a big role in that in setting it up, especially if you're sending someone on your behalf or for their learning and that type of thing. This is a great opportunity for you to demonstrate that you care about them and that you want to invest in them. And equally on the other side, it's a great opportunity for an employee to say that they're passionate about the organization and want to learn and grow and are committed to that as well. So it's a beautiful thing if it's done the right way. And uh, hopefully some of our, our um, ideas and thoughts will just uh, tweak and help people think about next time they're either invited to or, or inviting someone to participate in a meeting. Yeah, I think for me, uh, again, it's going to be the relationship side of things, uh, especially if you're uh, inviting some people maybe you don't know or you're going to something and you don't know these people or, you know, it's a big corporation or people have just changed. You, you really do have one opportunity to make a good impression and relationships start at a certain point and that's the first time you have contacts with somebody. So, you know, if you're facilitating something or, or you're going to be giving a lecture or you're arranging whatever it is, it's so important to make a connection really quickly. And, and that could be in the invite, that could be however it's done. It is so important that that is done in a sensitive and just approachable way. Like you want people to show up and start talking. Well, the talking starts at the very beginning when you first make contact with people, when you first invite them and uh, make sure people know who you are and make people feel welcome and that they understand why they're there and, and, and what we're trying to accomplish and, and that you appreciate them coming. Uh, because it isn't just that one transaction, right? You're now gonna have a relationship with these people and you might be going back or sending other people years after that. But to me, it's all about a relationship. And if this is the first time you meet somebody, then uh, let's be kind, let's be considerate. Let's make sure people feel, feel welcome and uh, that uh, they're valued and that you're looking forward to their participation. And it, it, that's why it's, it's so important that first, that first meet when you walk up and shake somebody's hand, although we haven't been shaking anybody's hand for a year and a half now. But uh, to me, it's that relationship and it just starts things off so much better. I agree, 100%. So uh, we hope that some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We, we don't, we hope we didn't, uh, you didn't find us offensive or we made you angry, but uh, Greg, your philosophy. Yeah, the philosophy that we always end with is uh, that uh, from an early coaching uh, partner or coach that I had, always created a space where I left with a little bit of joy and a little bit of churn. And uh, those were the best conversations, the best coaching conversations, one of which I recognized things that I was doing well and on the right direction that gave me joy. And then sometimes um, helped me realize things where I maybe wasn't yet further along and, and or things I still needed to learn. And they would create a little bit of churn, a little bit of discomfort. And we always hope in our conversations that we create a little bit of joy, a little bit of churn, but all with the intention of helping each of us become a better participant in the world, whether we're a manager or whether we're a team member, or an opportunity to lead where we are and contribute uh, in the space that we find ourselves. So that's what we always hope, a little joy, a little churn. Awesome. Awesome. And remember, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.